Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Looking at me, I can tell by your eyes that you're feeling me. And I wanna hear you right close to me. So won't you dance with me? Dance with me. My drop top in the parking lot. And I wanna take you right to my spot. And I really, really need a more time to rock. So won't you? I can't see you over there just staring at the These words, these lyrics. You should be here with me. Chilling with me, freaking with me, freaking with me, oh baby. I mean, you were in full performance. Uh, that's well, that was slim. I was just giving you slim, slim from the one twelve. <laughs> yes, which also part three was my shit. I'm not gonna hold you. Part three. If you are available, if you are available, <laughs> this is what we're looking for. Sexy independent. Once had a moment. Get to let they had a they had a ride. They had a, a season. Willing to come here. Baby, this is what you're looking for. <laughs> She's got to have sex appeal. Keep it real. Thank you. Look at the people. <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. What a wild <laughs> ride. What a compilation a- for a compilation episode. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. And what do you say, gentlemen? Gentlemen and thadies. Yes. I want to make sure I honor everybody across Absolutely. the board. Absolutely. Uh, Jade and I are excited to welcome you to a never-before-experienced, getting-grown uh, spring cleaning montage. Yes, we're talking about spring cleaning in all of the ways. So Correct. it's going to be a compilation of a few episodes of ours that focuses on a very specific time of year. Yes, we are. Uh, you know how when you headed into a new season after the first quarter, mm-hmm. you just want to purge mm. and start afresh. Mm. You want to clean out the old so you can welcome in the new. Mm. And so we're going to deal with, uh, you know, uh, how we are um, cleaning our homes. Mm-hmm. We're going to how we're cleaning our mental, mm-hmm. uh, our minds, and our mm-hmm. emotional spaces. Mm-hmm. How we're creating space uh, to give ourselves grace and all kinds of things. We're talking about spiritual conversations, mm-hmm. all things spring cleaning. How do we? Kind of do a hard refresh after the first uh, few months of the year so that we can get ready for the rest of the year. That's it right there. So check out our spring cleaning episode and we'll see you all next time. Welcome back to the kitchen table, everybody. I am very excited. You all know how I am as a human being. I'm very, very excited to introduce our illustrious guests this week. Kanika, Kanika, please introduce yourself to the people and tell us a little about yourself and then we'll get into convo. Hey, y'all. So my name is Kanika. Um, Introduction. I am a professional organizer located in Atlanta, Georgia. I have a professional organizing business, Tidied by K. I am a dog mom. I have two fur babies and uh, 
I don't know. I think that's a good little intro. Yes. So y'all already know why we're here. We're here to talk about organization and cleaning and wherever that conversation leads us. But I just want you all to know how elated I am to have Kanika here at the kitchen table um, to talk about one of my very favorite subjects. (laughs) Agreed. And I just have to say that I am, you know, this show is all about adulting. I think I never knew how how organization and skills to sort of uh, properly categorize and compartmentalize and clean and organize. These are like major keys for real adults, right? Mm -hmm. And there are many people who are like me who are not naturally inclined to, to... to sort of have these sort of proclivities, right? So I think of, like, we talk all the time about, one of the things that I sort of say is that, you know, I I, I realized, you know, probably around the age of 25 that my linen closet would never look like my mama's. And while there was freedom in that revelation, um, I can say that, you know, the more stuff I accumulate, I have really found great peace in learning how best to organize it for me. And so it doesn't have to look like my mama's, but it has to work for me. So I would love to hear from you as a professional organizer, right? Um, what about this work uh, called you? Like, is this, is this something that you've always sort of just been able to do? Or was this <laughs> something that you, like a skill that you have honed over over time, um, which has sort of led you on, on this pathway. So talk, talk to us a little bit about how you, you, you've grown into this developing this business. Yeah, I think it's probably been like a innate, like curiosity that I just want my things to look neat. I want to figure out how I can make it the neatest space for me so I can function in it. Um, I think, you know, growing up, my mom was very in tune with you need to keep a tidy space. You need to have a clean home. Um, every, you know, New Year's Eve, we weren't doing any of the party things. We was, you know, scrubbing the baseboards with the toothbrush. Like she would say, mm-hmm. you don't go into a new year with mm-hmm. a dirty home. And so like, it's just like this thing that we would do. Um, house couldn't be unkept. If she came home from a long day of work and it wasn't kept, we was all getting around to something. So like, uh-huh. it was just a matter of like, you take care of the space that you're in. Um, and I just took a liking to it. None of my other siblings have like this joy around organizing their closet or, you know, folding the the laundry. (coughs) Like that was my thing. Um, but it was something that was ingrained in all of us that you need to make sure that you're caring for your home. I think I just kind of took to it a little bit more than my siblings did. So you, you and I were able to share a little time before we recorded, Mm -hmm. Um, because I was late, I was working on. Oh, no, (laughs) no, it's fine. Um, because I'm usually and you shared a a funny, actually, (laughs) but also informative bit of your background, also in your childhood, as it pertains to organization and cleaning. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because that actually tickled me. (laughs) Yeah, so I was sharing. So, me and my sister, we are 11 months apart. So Um, A lot of our friends growing up were, you know, similar in age. And so 
instead of doing two separate sleepovers or two separate get togethers, my parents often would just do one big thing and yeah. my friends would be there. My sister's friends would be there. But I, my dad, I'm sure thought I was crazy because I would have <laughs> the biggest temper tantrums. Like, I don't want people touching my stuff. I don't want you to move my pillow. I don't want you to move my Barbie doll. If I had it on the kitchen set, don't move it. Don't touch it. Don't look at it too long. Like I would spaz out and my dad would look at me like, are you okay? Like calm, <laughs> like literally calm down. And I would like be in tears. Like, I don't want them touching my stuff. They keep moving. Like, and he would just be like, girl, like we could put it back when they go. It is fine. <laughs> so like, I would just spaz out and my, I think my dad probably thought something was wrong with me because it was always things like that where I'm like, just please don't touch it. Like mm -hmm. I would come home from school and he would have moved like my shoes. And I'm like, why did you move my shoes? Like things mm -hmm. like that. And my dad would just be like, mm. <laughs> like calm down. But now as an adult, when I show him the things that I'm doing for my clients, I think now it he still doesn't quite understand the organizing industry as a whole. He's Jamaican. Mm -hmm. He lives in Jamaica. He, mm -hmm. he just isn't that aligned <laughs> to it. But when mm -hmm. I show him the work, he's like, I get it now. Um, like, I yeah. get why you would spaz or like why you didn't want people messing with your things. It's because this is something that like you really you're really aligned to. Like, this is something you're really passionate about. Um, and so that's just kind of like. I've always had this skill, this joy around organizing, cleaning, having a tidy space. And so it's just followed me throughout the years. I love okay. that you that you talked about your your upbringing. Right. Because I think one thing that I've always sort of said and celebrated about being a black a black woman is that like cleanliness is very much we are all sort of, we all came up, like you saw Jade and I were shaking our heads talking mm -hmm. about cleaning the baseboards on New Year's Eve. It's just like, a, it's a cultural, a cultural practice. Do. Cleanliness mm -hmm. is, is, in, is ingrained in who we are right. as, as a people. And that's something that I'm very, very proud of. Um, what have been some of your, uh, like, like favorite transformation stories. Cause I think oh. one of the things I love, like even watching your page, just sort of seeing the transformation, people really being overwhelmed and really, cause I know for myself when my space is cluttered, like I can't think mm -hmm. I'm distracted. It really is often a reflection of my mental and emotional state when, <laughs> when, when my house is looking a mess, mm -hmm. but you know, there's so much power and peace and really learning and understanding how to transform your space for the better. Tell us a little bit about some of your, favorite transformation stories if you have any of course I have some so I think my biggest <laughs> like my biggest joy around the transformation is like seeing the client's reaction reaction at the end of the work like in mm -hmm. in the beginning like they're a little nervous there may be shame around it around reaching out um, to a complete stranger from the internet to come into your mm -hmm. home and see the, the dishes in the sink or whatever the case may be. Like there's shame around it. And then you get into their space and then there's a lack of trust still because they're not really sold. Like they paid you the money and they want the help, mm -hmm. but they're not truly sold that you can help them specifically with their space because mm -hmm. their stuff is so much worse than people, right? Not true, but that's what they tell themselves. Mm -hmm. And then it's the end mm -hmm. of the project where like they see it and they're like, you did it. 
And mm-hmm. I'm like, you did it. Like, this is literally your stuff. You had to make the decision on if it got to stay or if it got donated or trashed. Mm-hmm. You let me know how your routine is, your day-to-day routine. And you trusted the process enough for me to come in and do the thing that I do well. And it's their reaction at the end. So mm-hmm. pretty much all of my clients or all of the transformations, I get that level of like joy that I was able to help them. For me, Mm -hmm. more specifically, it's the clients who are like chronically disorganized or may struggle or may have like hoarding tendencies. It's those Mm -hmm. projects because they, to the outside eye, like people who are not within like what I do, they always have like these judgments or like these preconceived notions of like these people are dirty or how could you Mm -hmm. live like that or whatever the case may be. Um, And a lot of times I understand that there are other things under... uh, other underlying things that kind of create that living environment for people. Um, Mm -hmm. So knowing that I'm a part of those journeys and like getting them from like point A to point B, those are, I think are like my more exciting transformations for sure. So give us a little, give, I don't, we don't want your secrets because this is your business is your bread and butter, but give us a little insight into your process when you get into a space and how you start getting yourself set up mentally before you, because I'm sure you have to do that before you just dive in. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out how I want to like navigate it. So for me, I, when I can, when I walk in a space, I, it's literally like a puzzle um, mm-hmm. and I'm like piecing it together as I'm viewing the space. So I typically can see the solution or see like the end of the mm-hmm. space um, when I walk in the space. I know, like clients, they're like, I don't, I don't know how you're going to make it work. Or, you know, it's been like this for mm-hmm. years. So good luck, sis. And I'm like, I definitely can handle it. It's more so a matter of seeing the space and really understanding how the client needs to navigate that space or how they want that space to function for them. Um, mm-hmm. But really, the process is getting rid of um, the stuff that's, that doesn't serve or that is not intentional within the space. Purge. And so mm-hmm. You really have How to do. Often, how often do you say we ought to be purging? Because this is where <laughs> I get to go. This is where I have to be honest, where I, I, I struggle because I don't like to part with my belongings. You understand? <laughs> it's just honestly. But I it's recognize a, it's important. It's, it's really a process of like, Understanding how the space needs to operate and being intentional about all of the things that are in that space. So if you're thinking about like your closet, obviously, you know, your closet needs to store your clothes. Are your clothes accessible? Are the Mm -hmm. systems in the space practical? Is it Mm -hmm. easy for you to get the clothes? And if Mm -hmm. you are like, oh, my God, there's like, you know, too many hangers on this rod. Can you realistically get rid of some of the things to lighten the the ease or to make it easier for you to get your things without missing the things that you're purging? Yeah. Mm. And more times than not, more times than not, you can get rid of stuff that you're like, I've, I haven't worn this in five years. Even a year. Even I a year. Like, oh, Not in a pandemic, geez. but even a year. If you I find mean, yourself like... That's where I get... This is where I get tripped up, right? Because it's like the pandemic, it's like we're living in some sort of alternate universe, right? So <laughs> yeah. I feel like there was life before the pandemic, right? And now we're sort of in the pandemic and we're, and we're slowly, I speak for myself, slowly creeping around outside ever so slightly. But... <laughs> 
recognizing that hopefully in the future we will have some sense of outside again. And it's like, you know, I know for me, I transitioned from working out of the office every day to now working from home. And it's like, do I need these work clothes? Well, what happens if I get rid of the work clothes and then get a different job and need work clothes again? Like, I'm like, it's just all of this back and forth about what what to do. It's the hypotheticals that we create, right? So we are creating mm. tons of hypotheticals of what if, all, all of these scenarios that are likely not to happen. And if they are going, to, if they do, for whatever chance they do happen, is it going to be a deal breaker for you to replace the few items that you got rid of? Mm-hmm. If it creates an easier space to live and function in mm. for the time being. Mm. What's the largest mm-hmm. space you've transformed? Oh, I've done like entire home projects. So we've done like a 10,000. I want to know the smallest. The 10,000 square foot home. Um, and that, that was massive. So that was a big project. Um, and when I say done it, I mean, we fully decluttered the entire home, organized the entire home. Um, and we've done like move management projects where we fully pack up the old home, mm-hmm. handle the move with the movers, mm-hmm. unpack mm-hmm. the new home and organize the new home. Um, so like we do the full thing. I'm intrigued. Um, in yes. terms of like getting your home um, together. I really like the moving one, especially when we get to unpack because there's mm-hmm. no room for you to mess it up. Because we set right. it up when you just you get, get to create in there. Systems yeah, for we people. create the systems and we're not mm-hmm. going behind you to revamp something that you've already done that didn't work well. You keep saying we. Mm-hmm. So do you have a team? How does how does Tidied by K work? Tell us about it's, it. Yeah, so it's four of us. Um, I have three assistants who come with me on all of the projects that we're doing. And that just makes it so that we can get the projects done, obviously, mm-hmm. faster, more efficient. Mm-hmm when there's just not one person, me, doing all of the things. Um, So, yeah, it's four of us now. We are actively growing, which is good. That's exciting. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, we kind of, we get in, we get out. I know you're based in Atlanta, right? Uh Uh-huh. So is this, are your services local to that area? Or if I'm, you know, living in the DMV, could I still uh, patronize your business? Or, like, how does that work? Yep, we travel. Um, This year we've done North Carolina. We've done Florida. Um, Last year we did California. We did a couple of other states, but we'd be going all over the place in terms of getting people organized as long as the client is willing to have us in the space um, and have us travel out to them. Oh, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Wait, so if I want to do a cross-country move... I need to contact Tidy by K because y'all have the tools Wait, that I in this unpacking situation. Let me tell you something. I vowed to myself changing. several years ago that I I got out of the space where I was like, we we're not doing no more pizza and beer parties. You know what I'm saying? We I need y'all. I'm I'm gonna hire me some movers. I'm gonna let yep. my friends be my friends, and yep. I'm gonna hire some movers. You have now just elevated. To where I'm not even going to unpack myself any longer. (laughs) I I want somebody to come in and create (laughs) systems for me. Okay, so tell us, as we're talking a little bit more about Tidied by K, um, tell us about some of the things that you offer. If there's promotions, if you've got 
uh, online courses. Like, give us, give our listeners. If somebody's listening right now and they're like, "Now hold up, I'm very interested, but I want to know what's what they're what they're offering." Tell us what you guys are putting out there. So. Our primary service is the organizing work. So we will fully, we specialize in decluttering. So we'll come to your space. We'll declutter um, whichever space we're tackling. We'll fully declutter it. We'll organize it for you. Um, Mm -hmm. We are offering a new service of decorating now. So we will decorate your spaces as well. Um, And so those are our three primary uh, services. We'll fully transform the spaces in your home. We'll do your entire home. It really Mm -hmm. just kind of depends on the needs of the client, what they're looking for. Um, But then also on top of the decluttering, organizing and decorating, we do the move management as well. So if you're moving, um, we'll pack you up, we'll declutter you, pack you up, unpack you, organize you in the new spot, new spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Literally like anything as it pertains to like your home in terms of like adding greater function, making it look Mm -hmm. and feel nice, creating like your own sanctuary. That's what we do. Oh, yes. I love that you use that word sanctuary. That's what a home is to me Mm -hmm. because it's too much going on out there. So you need to feel good in the space that you spend the least amount of time in. (laughs) Unless, you know, with this pandemic, we've started navigating to more work from home spaces. But if you think about it before that, we spent most of our time out in the world, whether that be at work or wherever the case. So I think it's super important for us to feel good, not just like, okay but feel yeah. good about the space that they're in. And I love that's what you're offering people. Yeah. Okay. What about, what about anything online? Are you all offering anything? Do you do organizational tips or? Oh yeah. So my Instagram, I have all of the tips and tricks and all the things. So you can follow me on tidy by K. Um, and that's okay. my handle for all of the social media platforms. So TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, it's all tidy by K. Um, I do have a free resource that's teaching you how to fully declutter any Mm -hmm. space in your home. Um, Really, all you need is 30 minutes a day. I think a lot of times people kind of get bogged down with the idea of Mm. decluttering and organizing. It feels like a weekend long extravaganza. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. My guide is showing you that you really just need 30 minutes a day. Um, So that is, you know, a short episode of one of your favorite shows. 30 minutes, declutter, and then by the end of the week, you can have fully decluttered spaces in your home if that's your aim. And when you come into the spaces, now let's say that people need certain organizational tools. Do you find your jobs are more than one day jobs because you've kind of got to assess and see what's needed for the space as well? Most of our projects take two to five days. So depending on um, the amount of clutter the client has, the mm-hmm. big, the size of the space, it just mm-hmm. kind of depends on how much time it'll take. But typically they're about two to five days of us being there to fully declutter, organize, set up the systems, um, to get the space, you know, in shape for the client again, to make them feel better about their home. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like specifically about like closets and pantries, right? So I think mm-hmm. about um, especially closets. Like now you have different stores, container store, Ikea, furniture stores, they carry like closet management systems, right? Yeah. But if you're somebody like me and you have no earthly idea uh, <laughs> what you even need, right? Mm-hmm. I've, many times I've gone into the container store, like I'm finna get my closet management system and have left there completely overwhelmed. So, so like, because uh, I don't even know like what I need. Like, I'm like, I don't... I have an idea and I have like a picture in mind of what I think my closet could look like, but 
given the space that I have and the clothes that I have and all that stuff, I don't know if my vision is actually feasible. So is that something that like, you know, you guys will help be able to sort of sit with me and help me actually plan um, uh, like from start to bottom? Yeah. So part of our service, like we are like a boutique in all inclusive service. So a client will reach out and say, I'm overwhelmed. This is what my closet looks like. I have way too many clothes. I know I need to declutter, but I don't really know how to declutter. I would like this kind of system, but I don't really know how much money I should be setting aside to budget. Like they'll come to us with all of the struggles. Mm. And as an organizer, I'll, I'll say, okay, well, realistically, I would say based off of your goals, you might want to consider decluttering about 20% of the stuff. Realistically, based off of the size of the closet and the amount of clothes that you have, I would set aside a budget just for the closet management system of $4,000. We can do this at Container Store if you want the Container Store look, or we can go to Ikea and you Mm -hmm. need to set aside $1,500 because of the pricing differences of the different stores. And they'll say, okay, I want the Container Store um, look. All right, cool. I go Mm -hmm. get pictures. I get measurements of the space. I then go to to the Container Store and map out the closet with them order everything for you. I pay for it up front. You just reimburse us at the end of the project. We come in, we do the installation. Me and my team will install it. We'll help you declutter the closet space. We'll set the closet up for you. And at the end of day two, you have a fully revamped closet. So in terms of like the boutique service, the only thing you're telling me, the only thing that you're doing is telling me your struggles and Mm. you're going to be hands-on with the decluttering because it's your stuff. Um, but then after that, you can literally leave the house, you know, go on a trip, come back, closet's done. You can feed us. A lot of times our clients are cooking for us and they feed us food. Um, yes, happily (laughs) here's, here's lunch, um, or bring us our favorite food for lunch. And then Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have a fully revamped space. So Mm -hmm. we try to make it as as boutique style, as luxury as we can so that you don't have to stress about the process of getting your home organized because that's why you hired us to come. Do you have a preference as it pertains to store? Or like, I know you'll go with whatever a client wants, right? So if a person is like, I don't want anything from Ikea in my home, I know you're like, okay, girl, well, if that's what you want to pay for, that's what I'll provide. But if we talking to Kanika right now, is there a it, I know you can make anything work do you have a preference is there a brand is there a I typically honestly stay um with like the container store just because mm-hmm. they typically That's have they all of the things right. right they have all the things it's easy to shop the quantity is easy to get Ikea be playing as much as I want to be <laughs> like yes Ikea yes. but y'all yes. they be playing so Ooh, hard yes. with the inventory so and um, things be out of stock for months, for weeks, months. years. So, we don't have time. So, but yeah, I typically will go to um, Container Store. I do like Home Goods. Like they're coming up with the with all the things. It's just the quantity. Sometimes you yeah. can never get however many you need. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, my clients, they'll, I'll, you know, we create Pinterest boards so that I have an understanding of the aesthetic they like, and then mm-hmm. we also align on a budget and with their aesthetic and the budget. That's where I shop. Because then you can piecemeal mm. also. Yeah. Oh. oh, I love that. I've never thought about boutique 
organization. No, it makes such a difference. Right? It, and I, I mean, I'm thinking, because, you know, like, I bought a home a couple years ago, and I have to be honest, full disclosure, this is a safe space, and your judgment will not be welcome. But I thank you so much. <laughs> so, uh... I love like, you know, the, the closet, it's really been over overwhelming for me to think about this. Cause I think, you know, and I'm not a DIY girl. I'm not a girl that can sort of, you know, I have all the Pinterest boards and I have an idea in my mind of what I want to do. But when it comes to execution, I be all thumbs. And so even still two years later, I'm very slowly figuring out how I want things Done, but just to have someone to partner with in this process who is experienced and can say, okay, well, maybe not that, but possibly this, um, just takes the just takes all of the pressure off. Um, but I'm curious. I, I recognize okay. and I respect, and I probably will be fully taking advantage of this boutique experience. Before for our listeners who may be in rental properties <laughs> or who who may who may you know are not sure if they have or are even, you know, ready for a boutique experience, but want to slowly but surely start to make some changes. Is there, is there um, some starting points or things that some ideas, um, you know, outside of your, your free resource, which folks should absolutely take advantage of. But like, I think about, I think I want to get started with organizing my home, but I don't know where to start. What would you say to, to that person? Decluttering is free. A lot of times, a lot of time, it's not the spending the money on the service provider, right? I know I'm, I know I'm a pretty penny, right? To, for mm-hmm. me to come to organize in your home, I have a team, I have expenses, like it costs me money to be at your home. So yes, I have to charge for it, but decluttering and getting rid of the stuff that is currently taking up valuable space that's not serving you, that's not intentional that costs no money. Um, Salvation Army, um, you know, what is it? A kidney, not even Goodwill. The, there are organizations, nonprofits that will schedule pickups mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get the things out of your home. So the furniture, Habitat for Humanity, like there's ways yes. to get your stuff out of your home if that's your hangup, right? Like mm-hmm. if it's if we're thinking about like bigger things, you can load up your car and take it to a junk removal pay the $20 it costs for you to, um, you know, dispose of it responsibly. Like there are ways to declutter your home in a way that is not expensive in a way that feels good to you. Um, Mm -hmm. that is still creating space part. Like the biggest compliment we get on day one, when we are wrapping up and cleaning up in our client space is we feel lighter. Like, oh, the energy just mm-hmm. feels different. All of a sudden, the energy feels different. It ain't us. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that we have gotten so much of that dead stuff out of your home or that stuff that was weighing you down out of your home. And that you could do yourself. And it's not you're not bringing any strangers into your home. You're not paying thousands of dollars to do that. You are mm-hmm. just doing it yourself. And your home will feel lighter. You'll feel better just by getting rid of stuff. So if that's your hang up of, oh, I want to get my home together, I want to get my home organized, just look around and see what you can get out of your home. Mm-hmm. And to that's your true. point, there are a ton of organizations. There's churches. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. trans organizations. There's all types of 
organizations sell it. of Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, if you've got, you know, uh, down to the eBay and donate. all that is anything mm-hmm. else. Consignment yeah. shops. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we got housing works here. If you like, you said for furniture and things like that. If you're looking for bigger things, so you're absolutely right. And there, and let me tell y'all something. There is nothing wrong with putting something on the street because there is always somebody. There is always a DIY human out there who will look at it and think about all of the ways that they want to refurbish. So mm-hmm. that's also an option. Kanika, we're super grateful for you coming and yes. sharing some of your tips with us and sharing your time. Um, one and more time business. before and your business. Before we head out, is there anything that you want to leave the people with? And also one more time, tell them where to find you. So you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest. It's Tidy by K. Um, I'll spell it as T-I-D-I-E-D-B-Y-K, um, Tidy by K. And then, honestly, I think my biggest message when I started my business, I said I wanted to be the black version of Marie Kondo. Um, mm-hmm. And I really want, especially our community, to feel like your home is your sanctuary and like your refuge from the outside world. And you have all of the... Um, the onus is on you to make that happen. And it's definitely possible for you to create your own sanctuary. Um, and so that's really my message behind Tidy by K and what we're doing for our clients. So, um, yeah, that's it. We'll have all of that information in the description box. If you are looking to find Kanika and her services, uh, whether that be her tips, but also make sure you all spend your coins with black businesses, especially Ooh, black women businesses. We're super team. grateful for you coming and taking uh, taking the time to talk with us. Thanks and we can't wait to me. see Tidy by K in all the cities, honey, as you expand. We can't Absolutely. wait to see The Black Marie Kondo. The okay. Black Marie Kondo. That's the goal. The Black Marie Kondo. I'll be calling yes, myself the Black Julia Child, Monet, so we're here. Keisha, <laughs> not Marie Kondo. Exactly. Monet Keisha. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kanika. Thank you, amazing. So grateful. Thank you for your services to the world. Getting this junk out of our houses, girl. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, Blacks, we're back. And we're excited. Yes. Uh, And we want to kick off our first show of 2022 with a very special guest. I'm really excited to have this. Uh, GGB, this is a brother, one of our brothers on the or, yes. uh, on the show at the kitchen table, and I'm really just inspired by who he is and the work that he does. So everybody, welcome, Mikel Clark, hooray! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's going pretty good as far as a Monday goes. Yes, I know. Yeah. That's a that's We're celebrating. A word. We're celebrating mm-hmm. our little bit of holiday. Mm-hmm. Um that we have but yes we're glad to have you here um and i just want i'm gonna let you introduce yourself but you are here at the kitchen table because your specialty your the work your purpose work the work that you feel called to centers very heavily on affirmation um so you know tell us how you got there tell us your journey as a writer and to who mikhail is today 
Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, I'm Mikkel. Like you said, I write affirmations. And that started because I'm a very, very anxious person. So I write affirmations for creative folks like myself who deal with anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, and all the things. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm also a father, you know, I'm a husband and an entrepreneur. And all of those things can be pretty nerve wracking at different points as well. So I find myself just kind of pulling from life, right? And just talking about things that I go through and try to make them translate and speak to other people as well. You know, I've been writing affirmations on and off for like five years now. Didn't really kind of pick up, I guess, momentum or consistency with it. And so maybe two years ago. Um, but before that, you know, I ran a rap blog for a while. Um, I have been everything from a financial coach all the way through, um, you know, a social media consultant. And now my wife and I, Duanisha, we run our own Black creative agency. I love that. You, you're like, Thank you're you. me. You, me and you are with <laughs> the same person. <laughs> Look, I'm with it. <laughs> I love. Now, where are you from, Mikkel? I'm from Woodbridge, Virginia. It's like an hour south of mm-hmm. DC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, close to Manassas and Gainesville and all that. Yep, out there, Going out there. Out that direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. some family who lives out there. Okay, good. Well, we're happy to have you here at the kitchen table. Kia was the one here. who introduced me to your work, and I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that we have a a, a male on the show to provide that kind of perspective because you know. Black men don't always have that space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not that's not a, a an area for you all that that you have a lot of. You know what I'm saying? I have to say, as Black women, we do have a lot of support now in our yeah. emotional spaces. So I think it's really dope uh, from that perspective. So thank you, thank you for coming on. Thank you, thank you. I'm curious if that's been like a speed bump for you, like or or um, any kind of you know adverse uh obstacle like you know this is not it's it's like unfortunately and i mean i i don't want to assume but i guess from my perspective and as as jade was sort of alluding to we don't often see a lot of men being vocal Mm -hmm. about having anxiety and then you know what they're doing to to manage it so is that something that um you know is inspired your work or has it been something that's challenged you in any particular way yeah, I mean, I didn't set out to be this exceptional Negro or whatever else, you know what I mean? It was just, it was, like I said, it was what I was going through. And um, I don't think I realized how few men are talking about these things until I kind of got into it. And um, I'm not sure if y'all know Joel Daniels. He's a good friend of mine. He's mm-hmm. a, you know, he's a poet. He writes about different things like that too. And, you know, we we have these conversations and it's like, we need more Black men especially, right, who are comfortable being vocal, um, being expressive. Um, And, you know, I think I found myself, I I had to get into it because there were two main points in my life where anxiety almost took me out in a major way and stopped, Mm -hmm. like, everything I was doing. And so, you know, I've known this life of trying to express myself better, trying to communicate more honestly, trying to be more open. I've known that life for a long time now, and I don't I don't plan on going back. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I do pick up on, you know, I, I don't speak, like, I'm not looking to be, like, the most known person among, like, all Black women. But then I look at my audience, and it's like, okay, it is Black women, like, mm-hmm 
primarily like it's not close mm-hmm. you know who are supporting me the most who are sharing my stuff who are i mean even getting me opportunities and so it is it's interesting and i think that i've seen a lot of my friends who don't talk about it publicly feel led to like talk about it with me which feels special which feels cool so i feel like we're we're trending in a good direction for sure. I think mm-hmm. what I love is that you make it approachable. You make mm-hmm. it practical. And I think for many of us uh, who have not had a lot of practice in affirmation or self-kindness or, you know, because we're taught to be tough and hard and mm-hmm. no nonsense and, you know, just mm-hmm. super focused. We're not mm-hmm. we're not taught to center ourselves in that way. What I love about what you do is that you make it attainable and I don't mm-hmm. have to be somebody else, but I could very much be who I am and how I speak. Yeah. Um, and you talk about that although on your website. You're talking a little bit about how affirmation has has had such a transformative effect on your life. Is that something mm-hmm. that you had to practice or did something that just came naturally to you and practice has made it better? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think... I think at first affirmations came natural to me when I was in crisis. Um, Mm. So I got expelled. I went to a military academy in like a whole different lifetime um, before Mm. I knew what I wanted to do with myself. Got expelled from that military academy um, about a month before I was supposed to graduate from undergrad. Uh, Mind you, my dad went to this school. My cousins went there. My uncle, Mm. like it was a whole family thing, right? So. Yeah, you know, when you go back home to your parents, you think you're about to be a second lieutenant and you unemployed, try to finish your degree. You got to mm-hmm. find some ways to kind of like affirm yourself mm-hmm. and just remind yourself that you you still know what time it is. You can still take care of business and, um, you know, not be what people expect you to be as somebody who got thrown out. So between that and my first struggle season being a full time black ass entrepreneur um mm-hmm. which comes with his own different set of challenges <laughs> um <laughs> you know man i had to really i had to really learn to affirm myself and it became something i was like talking about more naturally um but i mean since then you know i got expelled from school in 2012 mm-hmm. and had my first full-time entrepreneur season in 2016 um since then i would say i've grown to make affirmations a more natural part of my everyday being. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have to want to take a risk and learn how to speak publicly or do these different things. It's not as urgent, but I'm I'm working on becoming more aware and just confronting more of the limitations that I face as far as how I talk to myself. Um, So yeah, it's becoming more natural. Before you even got into writing affirmations, what even, Mm -hmm. what even led you to the direction of that practice in the first place? I know we just spoke about some of the things that you've gone through, but what Mm -hmm. was it that kind of sparked like, I need to start affirming myself. Where did that come from? Yeah, um, I went to I went to West Point. It's a military academy. Um, it is eighty five percent white, mm-hmm. and it is a lot of what you'd expect from a military academy. It's done great things for certain people, but the military did not serve my skill set, which I didn't know going in. And so, you know, I spent the last two of my four years there being told that I wasn't good enough. Um, I wasn't organized enough. I wasn't on point enough. Um, all the things that essentially mm-hmm. I just wasn't enough. Um, I even had what was supposed to be a mentorship program when I got in trouble before I got expelled. And I walk into, you know, this 
40-year-old lieutenant, um, 40-year-old captain, I'm sorry, their office. And they're like, you know, what's going on? Um, and I told them some mistakes that I made. And they're like, no, you're actually like, you're not a good person right now. Like, you're not who you're supposed to be. Like, there is something seriously wrong. It wasn't like attacking the problem that I was dealing with. It was attacking me as a person. Mm -hmm. And that was indicative of so many conversations that I can't talk about that I had to experience that year. And so, mind you, I was in trouble. I didn't have no friends there. Like when you kind of get outcast from a hierarchical type of organization, mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of friends. You know, the folks mm -hmm. who were hitting me now, like, oh, how'd you do this? We're not in my corner when those mm -hmm. things were happening. Mm -hmm. So it was me, myself, my blog spot. I was scared to tell my parents um, I was scared to really tell anybody back home. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was really, it was me a lot of times just trying to make things make sense in my head. And before I knew what an affirmation was, I knew that I had to continue to remind myself like who I was, you know, I believe that I'm here for a reason and for a purpose and that this wasn't going to be the end of like my upward trajectory or my path forward. That is, that was the origin of all of this. Mm. I love that. I mean, I don't love yeah. that, but I love that. <laughs> I don't love that. I, 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 I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's so relatable because how many of us have been told some of those same harmful messages mm -hmm. um, and forced to sort of change the very essence or told that we need to change the very essence of who we are in order to be mm -hmm. sex successful or, or productive. Mm -hmm. But I, I love that it is, it is telling yourself that you love yourself and affirming who you are and, mm -hmm. and doing that in a very organic and natural way. Like the overview of your book says that this book will moisturize your ashy elbow, hey! <laughs> negate, your, negate your unpaid parking ticket and defend your hairline against all threats, foreign and domestic. Scientific facts. Scientific facts. Scientific facts, right? And so we know yeah. that those keys may not be in the book, but uh, you know, reading that overview, that you know that mm -hmm. this is the kind of book that we all need to read. Yes. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, this is what I like to see. I know this I'm going to be interested what, I mean, in everything that's happening. Relatable here. Right. content in mm -hmm. every way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So I think, you know, for me, I know in theory and all of the messaging that we hear, especially lately, because this is something that is trending, um, you know, we hear all of this about positive self-talk and being kind to yourself. And I think where I struggle and always fall off the bus is that I feel like it doesn't feel natural to me to mm -hmm. say these things <laughs> to other people. I can say them, but to myself, it feels silly and off-putting, but getting comfortable in saying it. So I wonder if there, are there any favorites? Is it a, is the process for you? Cause I mean, you post all day long and I'm always wondering like, how does he come up with this? Like, <laughs> so is it is it that is it that in real time these are real things that you're telling yourself or you're actually um you know I'm sure in the content creation broad scheme of things that there is a method and a plan and a strategy. Mm -hmm. But I'm just curious around how the pace is what what I feel like the pace yeah. and the practice of it. Talk to mm -hmm. me a little bit about the process for you. For sure. It used to be a lot more in the moment, like you were saying, right, where I would just, I would have this idea, come up with it and kind of put it out. But so my daughter will be five months old at the end of this month. 
Um, yeah. So you know, I don't have no time for in the moment stuff, right? <laughs> right. Like, if I'm if I'm not working, if I'm not you know doing something with my wife or with her, I'm probably trying to like just rest or sleep or watch some dumb stuff and just kind of decompress. So I, I still base everything that I write off of. It could be a conversation on the timeline. It could be something I've been trying to go through and kind of like navigate my way through, or it could just be, you know, something that comes up in a conversation with somebody I love. Right. So it's still coming from an honest place. It's still coming from, you know, a a place where it's in response to what I experience or like naturally think about, but nah, it's not, it's not on the fly the way it used to be. Okay. You have to like Mm -hmm. sit down and plan out time and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it started out as practice before it got into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was just, it was a natural thing that um, I felt led to talk about. And I was like, oh, y'all like this too? And it's called, <laughs> it's called, it's called affirmations. Okay, cool. This is cool, cool, cool. with y'all. Got it. Yeah. Okay, bet. <laughs> yeah, bet, and then you bet, start bet. seeing the other people in the space who are doing cool things and just who are also expressing themselves in different ways. You know, some folks are more, are, are more poetic um some folks are more like i don't give a fuck do that shit you know whatever else um you know i'm kind of i'm kind of a little more in the middle of the road right there just mm-hmm. like kind of how i feel naturally but you know i'll take some time and I'll, I'll clean the words up and i'll make it feel a little more polished but not too polished i gotta link you with my homeboy chet chet does uh affirmations um but like through art and also mm. obviously the word at the met gala so mm. i gotta i mean not the met gala at the met um, so mm-hmm. I got a, at, at the MoMA, I'm all the way fucked up right now. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> at the MoMA. It's uh, a flex either way, you know. <laughs> well, regardless, he's doing it through art and doing it through spoken word. And I'm loving seeing this trend now because as we mm-hmm. were speaking about earlier, I'm loving seeing this trend of black men starting to really pick up because what's going to happen is you can start to grab your boys along the way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because so many of our of our men need it. Have mm-hmm. you, do you find that this space, going back to that a little bit, have you found, you said that, that you find your friends and like people around you navigate more. How do you feel like your family have responded to what, you, what you've grown into? Man, um, that is such a loaded question, as I'm sure you know, when it comes yes. to, to family. Um, yes. So it's, it's layered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they are very proud of me. Um, they're also like, where the hell did this come from? And who are you? And where is our son? Yeah, what are you doing again? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, nah, they're, they're very proud, um, very supportive. Um, of course, you know, as my family is a black military family, first and foremost. So there's always, there have always been the questions of like, okay, I love that you're writing what do you do for work and how do you get a check exactly <laughs> yeah. every two weeks on the dot? Like yeah. every Thursday, where's the deposit coming from? Mm-hmm. So there's always been questions about that, but they've, you know, from a big picture perspective, they've always been super proud of who I am and what I do. And um, that's, that's appreciative. And um, I, I've kind of found too that as I've grown kind of more comfortable, like talking about not just writing affirmations, but talking mm-hmm. more openly about my experiences, that has opened up some new conversations between my father and I, mm-hmm. and you know, me and my mom, just that I didn't think would happen. You know, like my family doesn't always talk about things 
like directly. It's more mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you know, this can't happen. I'm like, well, I don't know why, but you, you know, you didn't bring me in on that. Um, but it's starting to open up, you know, um, some more vulnerable conversations with my family too, which I, I really, really appreciate. And you don't know how it's going to impact them in the private, you know, just in how they start to respond to themselves. And then also mm-hmm. how that plays into you all's dynamic as a family. It's mm-hmm. awesome. They like you're doing foundational, like root work for your, for your family. And that's, that's a very, very awesome thing. That's a very, thank you so thing. much. Thank what you, you so say, much. Sis? I'm sorry about that. No, I was, I mean, to that point, I think, I think transparency, I think I'm realizing, I think transparency is the hallmark of our generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think many of us are operating in an authenticity that is off-putting for our parents <laughs> and uh, and and grandparents and 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 you know family members alike. But mm-hmm. I think it is in this this authenticity and this transparency that the real healing and transformation that we need, like it's really locked in to this truth telling <laughs> that yeah. I think we are we are doing. I mean, and I, I, I'll speak for myself. It is not easy or, you know, it's some, sometimes that transparency can be scary for me. Mm-hmm. But it is in those moments when having those difficult conversations, um, or opportunities for those difficult but necessary conversations just sort of bubble up. Mm-hmm. So nah, for sure, it's terrifying sometimes though. Like whether it's <laughs> you know the, the conversation or the post or whatever else. I see you scratching your arm right now, <laughs> just thinking about it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely tough some days. Oh no, mm-hmm. it is. I had a conversation with my father recently, and y'all know I don't, I don't get scared by much. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I had to like, and I, I I didn't display that in the conversation, but I had to stand very firm and tell him that I didn't agree with a certain viewpoint that he had. And, Mm -hmm. you know, inside of my body, I'm like, girl, shut the fuck up. (laughs) But I was like, no, you need to. And I did. I had to stand firm with that. And we don't Uh know how much um, our transparency and how we're moving is shifting the way that those older generations are moving. And then obviously we know what we're doing for our younger, for our children and for our nieces Mm -hmm. and our nephews. We know what we're doing for them, but we don't realize how this is also shifting our older generations, which mm-hmm. is why this work is also so important. I think that is amazing. Now, how long? Tell us about your family a little bit. Give us a give us a little bit about the baby and, and, oh, and, and, and your wife and all of that. You know, we got to get a little personal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I got two bosses. Um, one is 32. Mm-hmm. It's my wife. Um, I love her daily. <laughs> and um, we actually met. We met through social media, um, mm-hmm. which is like strange, but not strange these days. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we live down here in Richmond. We run uh, the Creative Summer Company. So we, we serve, you know, black owned and black facing businesses. And really, you know, we just out here loving each other through the pandemic and mm-hmm. everything that is happening right now. Um, like, honestly, like the, the hugs we give, the dumbass jokes we tell, and just like all the moments we have right now are a big part of what keep us both afloat. Cause okay. I haven't I haven't seen anybody in person um for real for real, um except for like a few occasions mm-hmm. in almost two years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um so she like you know, I I say that we're L B and L S. I'm not sure if y'all are Greek. Um <laughs> but she my she's my line my line sister in parenting. 
I love that. It's a hazing. It's a process that you all it are. Really, it really, really is. In this pandemic, yeah. it's an extra hazing. Let me tell you about it. Yes, <laughs> it, it is. is. You actually kind of touched on it a little bit. I was going to ask you about that because in a time like now, where this is the type of writing that you do, like you are writing yes. positivity to help encourage yourself and others. Mm-hmm. It because I I have just been going through a very weird time with this. I think that pand- mm-hmm. pandemic fatigue that people are talking about. Before I'd be like, yeah, no, nah, I get it. You know, like niggas need to go outside. You know, we tired. But it really hit me, especially in the last couple of weeks. And I mm-hmm. said, okay, I don't. This is this is what niggas was talking about. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So how do you? What do you do? with what you're doing with writing these affirmations in times like that and times like these. You just get tired sometimes of Woo. being just oh, the every day patty in the room. Right. You just, sometimes I mean. you just want to throw something and be like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. I know I'm supposed to be the affirmations guys, but y'all know that this is hard. I'm sorry. I love how y'all say that I want to like I don't. Um, okay, good. First of all, um, nah, I'm Okay, I'll put it to you this way. I, I try to write about things that are positive because that I, I need that positivity and I think other mm-hmm. people do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not me 24-7 by any means. Of course. Um, you know, half the time I'm just trying to... I, I think that my writing, it helps me to find the positivity in trash days, right? Mm-hmm. In, in difficult seasons and everything else. Um, so, you know, I, I gratitude journal... I try to do that every day and I write affirmations and, you know, I, I wasn't sure because my daughter is five months old now. She'll be five months old in the month. I didn't know if I'd be able to keep writing at the pace that I do mm-hmm. when I became a father, but I realized that I had to like my writing. I'm happy it serves other people, but it also keeps me going because at the end of the day, I got to be the one to take the positive thought and see it through mm-hmm. and to find a way to like, you know, if, if, if it's not passing my bullshit meter, I'm not going to post it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to reach for the stars and fall in a cloud and just try to be <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Rogers. I'm not mm-hmm. like this always right. positive person. Mm-hmm. And so I have to like set the bullshit aside and like find things that actually resonate, which makes me have to figure out, how I can look at things differently. So that's kind of how I make it work. Okay. I like that. Especially during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. real. No, it's it's tough. It's very real. And I think the pandemic has taught us all. I know me personally, it's like, you know, we have to, you have to do the work that feeds you. Mm -hmm. Anything else is just like, can, it's just, that's when, that's when it becomes, girl, F this. Like, forget, like, if it doesn't feed you and inform who you are, and if you don't feel called to it, then you don't Mm -hmm. stick with it in in hard times. But if you do feel called called to it, Mm -hmm. it is what sustains you, Mm -hmm. which I think is what has been key to me sort of in navigating my own uh, burnout. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. been deciphering what it is that I'm doing that is feeding my spirit and identity and soul and what it is that does not. Right. Really. And I think there's been a bullshit filter that that has been taken off during this time that we all are like, (laughs) no, nigga, I can't, I don't have the capacity for that because there's there's too much going on. 
There's too mm-hmm. much going on. Oh, Mikael, we are so grateful for you coming coming through and and sharing your energy with us. Yeah, it's been amazing. I would love to know, though, really quickly, what advice do you have if there's someone who's listening to us and who is really, you know, trying to find uh, the right words or the right, you know, I'm reaching for something to sort of start my year off right. And 2022 is already showing its tail. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to to get, to get my mind around. Do you have any advice for anyone who is who is trying to grow, myself included, trying to grow my legs in this positive self-talk sort of mm-hmm. space? What, yeah. what is there a right way to do it? Is there <laughs> nah? <laughs> I mean it's right it's right if it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people call me corny every day in my DMs and my mentions, but it's like if it speaks to somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. then it's it's the right way for them, right? Um, I think something really relevant to me right now is I, I learned this, I forget where somebody was talking about it, but we actually experience too many things like in any moment for us to actually understand like everything happening around us right so there there are too many sounds too many sights too many tastes too many scents for us to actually experience everything and actually internalize what's happening so it's like by shifting your perspective you're actually making space for you to see and experience more of the things that a more pessimistic version of you wouldn't even be set up to mm-hmm. see because there's there's so much mm-hmm. happening around us we're going to see what kind of confirms the worldview that we're tapping into. So it's like when you find a way to turn that corner and see that optimism is worth committing to right now, you're actually making space to experience more of the good things that align with that optimistic vantage point. So it's, you know, it it might feel like it's hard to get into. It might feel corny. It might feel weird or unnatural. But at the same time, when you do hit your stride, and you find a way, it could be gratitude journaling, it could be affirmations, it could be listening to an inspirational speaker. When you find your way um, to speak positivity and affirmations and optimism into your life, you're going to see more of what you need to see that'll keep you on that good path. Write that down. Yes. Okay. So good. Write so good. it down. <laughs> I love that you let said you get... when you're ready to turn a corner, when you're, you have yes. to be ready you have to mm-hmm. be willing to do because it's work. It's still work. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. work. And it's yeah. holding space for both of those feelings to coexist, right? I can mm-hmm. be real and very clear about whatever negative thing that I'm experiencing, but that Absolutely. does not cut off my capacity to actually have some optimism. Exactly. Um, use that optimism to shift my perspective. That's dope. Yes. Thank, Before thank we you. get out of here, I want to encourage all of the people to get the book. Okay. Yes. Uh, it is available um, on the interwebs. It's called Keep It 100, Daily Affirmations for Millennials Who Are Tired of Being Called Millennials. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, that needs, I mean, is that on a shirt? Because I would right. like to have one. But yes, I'm going to get my book. I encourage everyone else to get a book. Is there any other way um, that you want to, uh, you know, how can the people find you? How do we, how do we support what you're doing? Um, yeah, definitely cop the book. Look out for the next one. It'll drop at some point. I don't know when, mm-hmm. but it's on the way. And um, you can right. find me, <laughs> you can find me at M-I-C-H-E-L-L-C Clark on Twitter, Instagram. Don't go to my YouTube. There's nothing there. But Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> you can find me. And I'm, I'm active most days. Yeah. 
We will leave all of that information in the description box with links and you can find them. And um, I'm always (laughs) retweeting many of the (laughs) affirmations and words of wisdom. Um, But yes, Mikael, we really appreciate you coming by to kick it with us. This was just the the optimal way for us to, to, to jump into 2022. And we're so blessed to have you at the kitchen table. Absolutely. Make sure you sniff that baby girl for me because I love sniffing babies, but not in a creepy way. They smell so good, though. Like, nah, I get it. They smell like baby powder and innocence. Yeah, milk and it's just a natural essence. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You got We let you get back to your employer because I know she's looking around like, where's where's Mm -hmm. my daddy? Okay. Thank God these headphones yeah. are soundproof. <laughs> I know that's right. Thank you, Mikkel. We're so grateful for you. Yes, Thank and give so our much. love. Give our love to wife and yes. daughter. We love yes. them both, and we are always welcome. Hopefully, you can come yes. back and kick it with us again soon. It'd be an honor. Thank y'all so much, and take care. All right. Take care. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the kitchen table. And happy spring. We oh, have spring equinox. We have sprung forward. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, like Jay said, uh, we we've witnessed another spring equinox. We are standing in the, the season of spring, and we're glad about mm. it. Also, I mean, let me tell you, you know who else was excited about the spring equinox? Our allergies, pollen, because the <laughs> allergies. I mean, the pollen kicked in the door, waving the four four. I mean, came for all of us. I'm here. And one, I mean, it seemed like overnight the pollen was yeah. like, "Oh, we back. <laughs> How you doing?" Nah. And we out. He came here. in like, "What's that nigga? What's that big nigga's name who be licking his lips and giggling? What's his name? You know who that I'm talking really about?" That don't really narrow it down. He Let be wearing the. He be he be wearing the suit. Yes, he, he be the nigga. Be, <laughs> <laughs> Huggy bear. <laughs> yeah. Huggy. Yes. Yeah. What's his name again? <laughs> Um, I forget. I don't know. Oh my God. I I forget too. I'm sure the people. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is so creepy. All right. (laughs) That's how the pollen came through, stepped up on the scene, and we out here blocking the histamines. Shout out to Blocking the histamines. You got to block the histamines. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I wish I could remember that that Uber driver's name. Um, He was fantastic. Yes, indeed. Got to block the histamines. It's important. So, uh, but in the in the spirit of spring, you know, spring also brings about spring cleaning. Um, mm. And I thought that it would be an awesome way, an awesome, awesome way to to kick off spring on getting grown. Um, was inspired by a post by one of my favorite follows. I have the um, privilege of following uh, a brilliant black woman by the name of uh, Nedra Glover Tawab. Um, She is a therapist, um, internet sensation, New York Times bestselling author. She is an expert in relationships and boundaries. 
she, her, all of her work is around teaching us how to create healthy relationships, hold ourselves mm-hmm. accountable, um, mm-hmm. and, and really sort of putting balance uh, in our life in, in the proper ways. I love her content. Um, I, I just ordered her book. We'll be kicking mm-hmm. that off uh, as well. Yes. Um, but one of the things she posted recently was around spring cleaning and not just, you know, as we typically clean our houses, but she offered mm-hmm. some um, some reflection prompts um, mm-hmm. for spring cleaning your mental health. A lot of her work is premised around um, prioritizing self-awareness. And um, she says often that self-awareness leads leads you directly to growth. We cannot Mm -hmm. change situations, circumstances, or conditions that we won't acknowledge. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she offered eight different questions to ponder, prompts, um, that we can sort of sit around and do some, just some honest reflecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, grabbing a pen and paper, reflecting on who we are, what we love about ourselves, what's going well in our lives and our relationships, mm-hmm. and what are the things that need to be nurtured, shifted, or released. We will absolutely, absolutely. be sharing the link to this awesome post from um, Dr. Tawab's uh, Instagram in our description box, mm-hmm. but thought it would be a good kitchen table uh, conversation for us to maybe go through these prompts and model what some of that reflection would look like. Hopefully that will kick us all off um, and point us all in the direction of our doing this exercise on our own. So you ready, sis? Yes, I'm ready. This is the first prompt. Thinking about your, your, your life, reflecting on where you are right now. What are you learning about yourself in this season? Oh, yes. What are some of the things that you think you're learning about yourself? I'm learning um, how to call in ease mm. and how to call in Very good. And, and rest yes. and reframe what rest looks like for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not put such hard parameters around that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and really think that I have to have everything in order. Like I have I'm, I'm reframing uh, how I think about rest in the sense where. I don't have to, I, I don't just, des- I deserve rest whenever I need yes. it. Yes. I don't have to earn rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's been a big thing for me this spring season is that. And also, as I spoke about last week or a couple weeks ago, um, just really putting a mirror to myself and figuring and, and seeing if there are ways I can respond differently in different situations mm-hmm. um, and really practicing that as well, you know, with how I deal with specific people in my life, not everybody, but specific people in my life. And I'm, as I'm being more intentional about that, I'm seeing where those things come up because those are things that I'm intentionally focusing on. I love that. I think I I align with you in terms of sort of reframing, reconceptualizing how I think about rest and what it is, its role and utility in my life. That is something that we are sharing. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a new awareness that we are sharing. Um, I think for me, I am learning more Mm -hmm. about 
what my triggers are. And not just for the purpose of just sort of saying, you know, I'm triggered, I'm triggered, I'm triggered, but really learning about them, understanding their origin, really mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. what they are so that I can manage them, not judge them, but manage mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, my experience is my experience and it's fair for me to be traumatized given some of the terrible things I've had to endure in my life and sort of having a reaction to that is fair Mm -hmm. and it is healthy Mm -hmm. it is human it is something that um is a sign of my strength not weakness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so so i know what my triggers are and i'm learning more about about them um i'm Mm -hmm. also learning it is okay to give myself space to breathe right in there with with the rest but also mm. i feel like you know as as a to borrow from dr adia and others who i've been you know sort of mm-hmm. learning with and from i'm a recovering overachieving black woman and as i'm as i'm, I'm re- a recovering yes. overachieving black woman <laughs> as i as i <laughs> as i think about that right i'm getting off of this hamster wheel of mm-hmm. constant mm-hmm. Pro- productivity mm-hmm. Um, or thinking about, well, I think I am constantly productive, but I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, embracing that productivity can be many, many more things than just checking things off of my to-do list at work and sort Absolutely. of, sort of getting understanding that I'm a whole person beyond what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning how to sort of reclaim that, um, that space in my life. So mm-hmm. that's where I am in the, in the spring, spring cleaning and embracing the spring. I'm, this is where I'm, this is what I'm learning. So this is cool. I like this. Okay. I like this. I like this. I like this. So how do you want, do you want me to pick your next one or do you want me to read the rest, the remaining seven? And then you tell me which one you want to do. Which one? How okay. Do, you want to do it. Okay. Or maybe you pick for pick for me randomly. Okay, I can do that. Is there something that you're doing that you don't really like doing, but you feel like you have to do it because others, it makes other people happy? Hmm. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm trying to be honest. No, I really that's am. Like, good. I'm, okay. I'm not putting on and and, but I'm trying to think because I'm sure I'm sure, you know I'm sure I have before, but no. Mm-mm. No, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. no, I definitely, I think I'm, I'm not, I am not in my personal life. I am professionally and I am mm. ab- absolutely readying myself to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but that's, you honest, are actually, yeah, yes. you are. I'm honest I, that I, I am doing say, things that I don't particularly like. Or not that I don't like the things. I don't like the way that I have to do them. But I continue to do them this way for peace. <laughs> yes. Peace. Yes. Yes. And I and that's understandable because you also, this is your livelihood, right? Yeah. So it's like when you recognize that you feel a certain way in a certain area, um, you 
you you at least you've recognized it and now you can formulate a plan yeah. to get yourself out of that area, right? Because you've, A, recognized the problem. That's the first step to recovery. Now, one thing, and this was, this was brought to me, which I am keeping so forefront and has been very helpful in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. is... Guilt is so useless. Mm. So it's not. It's like when you really sit back and you think about it, you really, really, really sit back and you think about it. You say, I feel bad about this thing. But what is that really doing for you? Like, what is it helping you to be a better person? Is it helping you to progress forward? Or is it does it have you just sitting in negative feelings? And that's what some of the things that I try to tell myself. Recently, I had to deliver some really bad news to a very close friend, mm-hmm. right? And I, before I delivered the news to her, I felt awful. Like, I felt extremely, extremely, extremely awful. I actually, so just full transparency, one of my very closest and longest friends is getting married. Kia and I, both of our friends. Mm-hmm. And... I was a bridesmaid in the wedding, but COVID has really just kind of fucked things up for everybody. And it's thrown so many things off track. And given the timing, things are now off balance and I I can't make it this particular, this particular day, right? Like this particular day tore me up Mm -hmm. when I realized what was what. I mean, when I tell you tore me up. And I sat and I was sick to my stomach and I couldn't eat before I talked to her and, you know, finally did. And it was sad. But we came up with a resolution, right? I'm going to go down when she has her actual ceremony, when they, you know, go to do their nuptials. And and, and the point is not is not just you had to I had to zoom out and look bigger picture, right? The point is not just like I can't be in your wedding. I was sad because it's it's more so about not wanting to disappoint somebody that you mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. That's really where it came from. And I said, but I'm trying everything in my power to still show that I support this person and this person knows that I support them and I love them. And this is not going to be the end of our friendship mm-hmm. because this circumstance had to change. And now I'm going to go down, you know, soon and go see her when she actually gets married and be able to love up on her. And even though it's going to be sad that I can't be there for this event, it's not it's not the end of it. So I, I'm using that yes. story to tell you how I've started really trying to reframe guilt. And then you already know how I am. Like, I don't like doing stuff that I don't like doing. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's not to say things that can't challenge me right. and that I need to grow from. That's different. But like things that I don't want to do, mm-hmm. I think I've gotten to a place where I'm like, man, I really don't want to do this. I'm not doing it for the most part. Yeah. For the and, most part. Cause I think it is like, I mean, I think the reality it's is nuanced. many of us have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. Things like Absolutely. taxes and, yeah. and sort of driving the speed limit. Like they're there, mm-hmm. but there are certain sort of, these, these there are things that we have to and I think that exists in our relationships and friendships as well um but the idea is if you find yourself like even when I think about my situation professionally I can honestly say that once upon a time I wasn't bothered by mm-hmm. this particular practice 
procedure, mm-hmm. methodology approach. I wasn't mm-hmm. bothered because, you know, given the information that I had at that time and the understanding that I had at that time, I thought this was how things were done. But now that I have more awareness of what options I have, what possibilities are out there for me professionally, and that I'm not required to sort of fit in any particular box, I can mm-hmm. be my whole self in certain spaces and I don't have to have make certain compromises. Now that I have that awareness, I, I feel that I, you know, my, my mind, like we say all the time, as an adult, you have a right to change your mind. When you have different information, mm-hmm. you have a right to sort of move differently. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where I am right now. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, so this is something that's like ongoing. We are we are evolving Absolutely. people. We and as, as you know, sometimes you are in a situation that you once loved, and you might look up and be in, and be like, okay, this is not something that works for me anymore. It's not for me anymore. Yep. And so you yep. just sort of have to, you know, it's it's not about shaming or guilting yourself for that realization. More so, mm-hmm. thinking about now that I have this new information, what do I do with it in the future? Love Absolutely. And sometimes we need reminders for things mm-hmm. we're working on. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We may be working on them and and then you got a slip back moment. Yeah. You know, where you might go and handle a situation like, you know, your former self. That doesn't mean that you haven't done your work or you're not doing your work or that you're a failure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just you're a human and you just it just needs to be, things have to be checked our cars go off alignment all the mm-hmm. time and we got to take them to the shop get the tires balanced and rotated get the oil checked and and changed to make sure that things are running smoothly and we got to do the same thing with ourselves for sure well, so consider this a check engine light of sorts okay yes episode name <laughs> <laughs> okay so i just sent you the post with all of the prompts now you pick one yes. for me okay let me look. Oh, oh Lordy B. I think I know where you're going. Okay, no, I'm not going to do that. I, no, I know what you thought I was going to do. <laughs> okay, I think this is a good one. I think this is a good one for you. All right. How are you managing uncomfortable feelings? That is a good one. Um, I am... making space for discomfort. Mm-hmm. I am learning to be okay with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I've learned in my <laughs> almost 40 years of living that there is little growth and development in comfort. Mm-hmm. I think I think the whole point of this thing is that we are stretched because in the stretch, you find your capacity you find mm-hmm. out, you learn insight about yourself. You learn where your pain points and pressure points are. You under, you mm-hmm. have a better understanding of what your deal breakers are or where you might mm-hmm. have a little bit more flexibility. But you don't get that insight if you don't, if you don't, if you don't stretch. And not to sort of use, I mean, forgive me for using this sort of age-old cliche, but even when I think about working out, Working out is not something mm-hmm. that's not, it's not comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Anybody mm-hmm. who knows me knowing that sweating and any manner of exertion, <laughs> any, 
What's that commercial say? What that little boy say? It's the urine of the skin. Exactly. <laughs> and any, any kind of exertion is not something that I enjoy. I, I am a woman. I do not. I do not dream of labor. I'm. <laughs> I do not dream of labor. What is my dream job? I do not dream of labor. Um, so I'm a woman who enjoys, you know, being comfortable and having leisure and enjoyment. I, I enjoy those things, but I recognize that life, there's some there's more to life than than just those spaces. And so mm-hmm. In working out, as uncomfortable as it is in the moment, it it took me torturing myself at Orange Theory to learn that I really can run a mile. I -hmm. never thought that I could, but I really... Every once in a while, you might enjoy it. I might. I mean, (laughs) very rarely and for just a brief nanosecond. Yeah. Um... But there are things that I never thought that I would be. I would, Jay, you know me. I know. Kia from six years ago. If you had told Kia from six years ago that she was going to be a gym rat. I'm going to sweat out my perm. Excuse me. (laughs) What? I mean, I have a standing hair appointment on Thursday afternoon. Absolutely not. Are you dumb? (laughs) You you told Kia that I was going to be a bald headed. She was going to work out what? A bald headed gym rat. I would have been like, sis, okay, <laughs> well, you got the good I'm stuff. Gym rat. Okay, a ball headed, a ball headed <laughs> gym rat. If you would have told Kia twelve years ago that this, you know, this is where I would be, I would have thought that you were out of your mind. But mm-hmm. in in all of my angst and complaining about going to the gym and getting on the bike. There are things that I have been able to accomplish. There are, there are things mm-hmm. that I never thought that my rheumatoid arthritis having, flat foot, nearsighted, clumsy, uh, uncoordinated self would be able to train myself to do. And it was uncomfortable the whole time. It was terrible. <laughs> but mm-hmm. in that discomfort, mm-hmm. I've been able to mm-hmm. find that I have strength and capacity that I didn't know that I ever had before. And so mm-hmm. I'm managing my uncomfortable feelings by mm-hmm. allowing space. Cause I think uncomfortable being discomfort is an awesome tool. Yes. Um, it is, it is really an awesome tool that we all need. So yeah. we shouldn't run from it. We shouldn't run from it. You got to sit in it. You have to sit in it. You have to ask yourself, what about this is uncomfortable for me? What don't I like about it? Mm -hmm. You have to question. You have to probe it. You got to interrogate it. That's where the rich, that's where the rich learning and understanding Mm. about who you are and what the hell is going on in this world. That's Mm. where that comes from. Sitting in it. Well, I hate it. I hate every ounce of this. But 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 I have to I have to do it. And it's not abuse. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, within reason. I'm not going to to, to, to do things that are painful or harmful. But I'm just mm-hmm. offering that discomfort is not in and of itself harmful. It is actually mm-hmm. quite helpful if we mm-hmm. allow it to do what I believe it was designed to do. Absolutely. Love I agree. See it. 
I agree. I, you know, I try to sit in my discomfort mm-hmm. and it, and like you said, it don't feel good. It sometimes. doesn't. It's awful. Sometimes I got to be quiet. Like, you know, when it's real uncomfortable, when I got something yes. to say and I got to be quiet, when I know that uh-huh. this is not the space for me to say what is on the inside and burning on the inside of me to say. What being uncomfortable is also uncomfortable for me to know that I'm right and you're wrong, but me being right is not the point. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Me being right is not. Listen, I know that in my mind, I know that I'm right and you're wrong. So but I gotta eat it. In this moment, me being right is not the point. And sometimes, sometimes sitting in the discomfort means making other niggas uncomfortable. Whew. Because say I've that. Also what a word. Mm. Really, you know, started mastering that. I told Kia before <laughs> in the pre-show. <laughs> in the pre-show. And really, let me tell you, let me tell you the gem of it, though. The gem of that is not just learn that, but also finding the joy. I told Kia in the pre-show, <laughs> you know, in school. I'm uncomfortable right now, so all of y'all are uncomfortable. Yeah. And I said it. I kiss Kia said at some point in time, your classmates are gonna call you a reverse racist mm-hmm. because I'd be up here screaming about the entitlement of white men vocally and loudly. And can't wait for the day, because that's gonna be a brouhaha. It's like I'm but, ready. I'm ready for the conversation. Let's <laughs> no, do it. No, I'm ready for war. I, I want chaos. No, it's true though. I and don't it, want peace. <laughs> as a, but, <laughs> even as an educator, you know, and I, I think other teachers of all levels would agree that there is a tool, like, you know, that like there is a dis-ease. There's a healthy dis-ease in a classroom setting that facilitates Absolutely. the learning, right? And I remember yeah. some of my favorite teachers used to say, you know, you know how silence is awkward and we all just try to rush through it because it's mm-hmm. awkward to just sort of sit in in, mm-hmm. the, in the silence. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've had amazing teachers and all of my the, the teachers that have been the best teachers for me. Have have been the people that are like, oh girl, I'm not bothered. I'm asking this question. I'm not bothered by the silence. <laughs> Sit with that. Let Wait. that work on you for a moment, okay? Okay. Oh, y'all don't have nothing to we say. Were, Perfect. Sit in it. Sit we were in making it for a sushi the other day, and my my, my chef goes, <laughs> everybody's concentrating, right? Yes. Like they're concentrating. Chef style. He goes, oh, we're going to make sushi every day if this is going to keep you all this quiet. <laughs> But it's true, though. It's true. It is. Like, not rushing through that awkward silence. And I think a lot of my uh, missteps in my relationships have been because the silence was awkward. Mm. Instead of me sitting and waiting for the response, I just sort of rushed through and sort of said something to fill the silence. Mm -hmm. When the the silence is what was necessary. In yeah, the interaction. which could be human nature. Yes, that nigga who came in with that strep throat. Let me tell you, I I, met, I successfully ignored that nigga for four solid days. I want you to know, I ignored that nigga for four full class days until I finally was like, okay, it's been long enough. <laughs> like, yes. and I didn't initiate conversation, but when he kept on, I finally was like. What'd you say? And he was like, oh, shit, she's not ignoring me now. (laughs) So sometimes you got to let other niggas sit in that silence, too. And and, and you may want to say something and no, let your silence be the great speaker. And then sometimes you've got to be the great speaker. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Two things can be true. Yeah. It's nuanced. I love it. It's nuanced. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. 
All right. You want to pick or you want me to pick? I will. I'll pick yours. You pick mine. Okay. Okay. Where are you spending the most time and energy? I know that's I know that's tricky because it doesn't have to be physical. Mm. Mm. I think right now I'm spending the most time and energy with myself. Yes. Um, like the most. And when I say, like, you know, we're we're good for for scrolling a phone or turning on a Netflix show or and I'm not saying I don't do those things too, because yes. I do. But I'm finding myself being a lot more intentional about taking moments um, when I have quiet and I have peace to really sit with myself. So, you know, I'm not a journaling ass bitch, bitch. I've been a journaling ass bitch. I, mean, I You know, right. I, a thought will come on my way to school. I'm making sure I'm putting it down. I'm when I, I earlier I came home and I had a, a schedule thing that ended up changing. And I said, what am I going to do in this time? I'm going to take a shower. Mm-hmm. And I took a shower and I took a few minutes to just kind of meditate and just kind of be for a minute. And so I'm finding that I'm taking way more of those moments to check in with myself when I had. Because I don't always have that quiet, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm taking way more of those moments at night when Noah goes to sleep. Tristan might be studying or lesson planning or sleeping. I'm taking moments to sit more with myself. I think sure. that's why I'm spending the most time and energy right now. Because I got to be good. My foundation has to be good and I got to check in with that. Yes. To quote our ever problematic fave, Ian Van Zant. (laughs) Oh. You can't pour. They made fun of my boots. (laughs) You can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. Beloved. So you've got to take time to fill your own cup up, huh? That's right. And I think I, I would agree. If I had to answer the question, I would say the same Sometimes thing. Sometimes I got to put my own face in the dirt. <laughs> if I had to answer the question, I would absolutely say I'm spending the most time and energy worrying about myself. And I don't mm. feel bad about that. I don't mm-hmm. feel bad about that. I think mm-hmm. that um, I recognize that I have a lot of work to do not work like, you know, in the conventional Same. sense, but mm-hmm. I have I have things that I want to strengthen in myself about my life, things that I want to fix, adjust, elevate. Um Absolutely. And it requires me to spend a lot of time doing this, like you said, thinking, mm-hmm. reflecting, sitting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just I know I'm getting because, you know, I noticed that there will be days where I don't cut the TV on all day. Man. man. And let me tell you something. <laughs> this is how I knew I was really doing good. OK, this is big, Jay. I drove okay. when I drove. I drove down. Y'all know I drove down to Nashville on mm-hmm. Wednesday during my drive down. I listened to. An audio book, I listened um mm-hmm. Tama Bryant, uh, Dr. Tama Bryant is, uh, you know, has a book called Homecoming. Mm-hmm. I listened to the, maybe the first six chapters of that book. There were a couple okay. of times where I had a few phone calls, but I noticed it wasn't until I got all the way there. I noticed that I didn't listen to one song, whole wow. nine hour drive. I didn't listen to Ooh. one song. And, you know, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like striking against music or anything because we know, mm-hmm. you know, we right. all know that I live and breathe that. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I had to I was like, wow, I sat here and listened. And and, you know, there were times where I cut 
like after a very heavy chapter, like chapter four, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was about like parenting, reparenting yourself. Mm. And after that chapter, I really just cut the radio off and just drove in silence, letting what I heard just sit with me. And mm-hmm. I didn't do it on purpose. But when I got mm-hmm. to Tennessee, I realized that I didn't I didn't open the Apple Music one time, the whole drive down. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is how I know that I am progressing. Mm-hmm. This is how Not I even know. Regret. You just changing, shifting. I, I am shifting. I like mm-hmm. this is a this is a, a switch. If you would have told me ever that mm-hmm. I would drive anywhere with no music, I'd be like, are you dumb? Is the radio broken? What's happening? Listen, sis, I was cleaning the house the other day and I had gotten about three hours into cleaning, like had done the kitchen, was doing mopping, everything. And I looked up and I was like, no music. It is full silence Silence. in this house. Like I didn't have no music on, no TV on. I wasn't on the phone. I wasn't doing nothing but being with my thoughts and my bleach. And got what you I was needed. like, huh? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll come home. I won't turn anything, and I'll just wash the dishes, and I'll just stand there and wash the dishes, and just you know think things to myself. And that I just I'm finding those moments having happening more much more. more frequently, more much and more. more frequently. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. One more. One more. Last one. What do you enjoy doing? I mean, this sounds like a gimme, but I maybe maybe this is because I just spent a few days away. But I enjoy mm-hmm. being home. I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy. <laughs> I have. Um, I mean, it's not like I'm not saying this to be facetious or mm-hmm. I'm not putting on, mm-hmm. but. I enjoy my space. I I enjoy spending time with myself. I enjoy having mm-hmm. sort of the freedom to sort of move throughout my day in ways that sort of match how I feel mm-hmm. and um, what I need or mm-hmm. want in in a particular moment or space and time. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy I enjoy me. I enjoy I enjoy doing me. Um mm-hmm. and you know within that, you know, I'm learning that I enjoy there there are parts of, you know, I enjoy having like really healthy conversations. I enjoy watching uh documentaries. I enjoy mm-hmm. and I enjoy like I that's another thing I was going to say. One thing I I have always been a TV girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally and all my life, you know, my mom and other women have made me feel like enjoying TV will somehow compromise my smartness or, you know, mm-hmm. my productivity or, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't be taken seriously if I mm-hmm. if I watch TV or if I talk about watching TV, I should be talking about more serious, pressing things. But um I, I I enjoy <laughs> nothing about me. I mean, let me tell you something, Jade. I drove that whole nine hour drive, nine change. It was almost 10 hour drive back to my house with a smile on my face because I knew that as soon as I got, I was going to take a <laughs> shower and I was going to sit in the middle of my couch. I mean, sit in and it's a big couch. My, I mean, not, I did that on purpose. 
I don't have a conventional couch. You have to mm. climb into my couch. It sort of envelops yeah. you. It just yes, takes it you. Does. It just, it is so mm. good. I was going to That's sit. where we enjoy the wonders of Aisha Curry's <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> yes. And From that's the thing. I love getting lost in mindless television. Now, there are mm-hmm. things that are on television that are thought-provoking and compelling mm-hmm. and things that, that, that warrant conversation and reflection. Mm-hmm. But I also love sitting around and watching the Spring Baking Championship. And just yes. getting what I need, you know they small they did, bites Mexico. They did <laughs> last on la- on this week's episode. They reimagined cakes and pies. So the in the preheat, they reimagined uh, uh, citrus upside down cakes. So not oh. pineapple. So they gave. So everyone was able. Oh. Some people had pineapple. Some people had lime. Some people had blood orange. Some people had grapefruit. Oh. And they had to re they had to they had to reimagine. So not a conventional pineapple upside down cake or upside Mm -hmm. down cake. So what would you do if you had if you had freedom to sort of reimagine this traditional dessert? And then they did one for pies, coconut cream, key lime, lemon meringue. How would you reimagine this pie? And it was just all I needed to sit there and watch these Mm -hmm. seven bakers. Reimagine mm-hmm. key lime pie and and rhubarb pie, and I just was so content. I was like, "This is what oh. the game has been missing." Oh, a yuzu pie instead of key lime. You use yuzu. Yes, mm. this is the this is the kind. This is the wave that they was on. Like some some guy mm-hmm. made a key lime pie. He was very. He added. Um, he added. He might have added. He might have added. Um. Uzo to the lime. He added something. Mm. He was, he's from Thailand. He added another, another uh, component to, to it. And he, Mm. and instead of making a round pie, he made a square pie and made it look like a stamp or like, you know, and so another girl, um, another girl did a lemon meringue pie and she put like this really cool pinwheel on top. Oh, it was so, it was just like, are y'all kidding? But it's just, but that's just so fun to watch. This is what I'm saying, and I think what it, it was something that I enjoy. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy. These are the kinds of things that I enjoy, and giving myself the grace to. It's okay. It's okay to to, to watch to watch TV all day. If yeah. I want to sit and watch terrible Lifetime movies a full Saturday because that is going to give me the peace that I need in order to manage the other days of the week, yes. then there's nothing yes. wrong with that. Does it make me a Listen. slacker? Does it make me a loser? No. Does it make me lazy? This is important. It's very necessary for me to sit If anything, on my couch. you're contributing to the community because you're giving Mama Tina views Period. on the programming that she, what is she on, the BET or the Lifetime? One of those. One but, of those. Well, she's on the Lifetime, yes. But yes, see, we have to yes. do it. This is, this is, but yes, that's what I enjoy doing. Minding my business in my house, watching television. That's what I enjoy. And I don't feel bad about it. Not one bit. I think that's such an important question because I don't think enough of us stop for a second Mm -hmm. and and ask ourselves what makes us happy and what do we enjoy and not, and it can be on a, it can be on a tangible or on a surface level, right? It could be something as simple as watching TV. I enjoy eating ice cream. You know, I me, I enjoy cleaning. Like it could be that. But when you really sit with the question, it makes you dig a little deeper into yourself because you really need to figure out what do I enjoy that doesn't 
necessarily include other people. Mm-hmm. That's not um, circumstantial. That's not contingent upon, you know, like to really think about what do I enjoy as me? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I enjoy? I think it's such an important question that we need to check in. And with we don't often, on. like you said, you know, we don't give our, we don't ask ourselves that question. Not mm-hmm. nearly enough. And I think um, the 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 um, downside of not asking ourselves that question is that, you know, people make assumptions. We make assumptions and people make assumptions mm-hmm. about what you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. Yeah. Ask yourself. Check, I love this. Check your engine. Like he has said, check, engine going, check your engine. Check, check your, your engine, engine light. Spring cleaning. Balance your tires. Get a tune-up for the spring, girl. Mm-hmm. Yes. On yourself. On yourself. On your shell. On your shell. We're going to put the um, link in the description box for uh, for for this therapist. Uh, her name um, is page. Ne- Nedra Tawab. Nedra, oh, yeah. Nedra Tawab. Nedra Tawab. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll have her information in the description box. So you can go check out her work for yourself and support um, but I think this is a beautiful list of questions and I think this is a good like, you know, quarterly check in for self, not even just quarterly. Like when you Whenever as you you're get, just working yes. on yourself, I think it's good to be able to have something to reference because sometimes it's hard. Right. Some people want to start meditating and figuring out where to go. And they're like, I don't know where to start with this. Maybe you just start with some simple questions because it's not that complex. Assessment is always the first step, girls. Yes, assessment is. is always the first step before you solve a problem mm-hmm. you gotta understand it you gotta understand it you gotta learn it so and then it's finding ways to learn how to reframe your thinking around those problems but it's never as heavy a lift as you think it is like there yes it is it's it's hard work but at the same time it's doable work so i think this is a beautiful check-in list That's we love crazy. y'all thank you so much for listening thank you so much for being a part of our community our village our tribe at the kitchen table we couldn't do this without you thank y'all for doing it with us week after week as we look forward to the to next week y'all continue to be safe take care of yourself and the people around you um you know make sure that you are drinking the lord's water moisturizing the inside of your body your organs and things that are that you know that that you know are essential to our survival and health and wealth absolutely Absolutely. make sure that you are moisturizing your mind by minding the business that is yours worrying Mm -hmm. about your very self um and make sure that you are moisturizing your skin okay because your black will crack if it's dry Yes. In the words of Shariel, look to your left and say to your neighbor, neighbor, don't worry about what the fuck I be doing. (laughs) 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 Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. 
Listen to Stars and Stars with Isa wherever you get your podcasts.